Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Hello everyone and welcome once again to our online church platform. It's always a blessing to be able to meet together online during these difficult times that we're going through. The Word of God must continue to reach us and we must continue to prioritize the Word of God. I want to encourage everyone that has been struggling with COVID-19, whether uh, you've experienced a personal loss or whether you're uh, fighting the virus yourself, I want to continue to encourage us to keep Jesus at the front and center of our lives that will not be intimidated by anything that's going on. Uh, During the fast that we had uh, the previous week, exciting seven days of consecration unto the Lord, I also just wanted to celebrate the attendance on the prayers online. We had about a hundred plus people almost every time in the mornings and in the, in the afternoons and in the evenings. And that is indeed the way to live. It is the way to consecrate yourself in such a way that you're always in the position where the Holy Spirit is doing something. I was so reminded by Daniel in, in Babylon in the time when he was there on exile, ministering in the courts of Nebuchadnezzar and he would pray three times a day. And during that time, he was persecuted for it, thrown in the pit of the lions, and the lions could not devour him because the Lord was with him. And so that's definitely something that uh, I'm starting to adopt even more, that trimesterly prayer during the day. Uh, And if you don't know how to pray, praying in the spirit, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, go for a walk around the block, that's definitely something to begin to cultivate. And uh, on that note, I also just want to encourage you, remember every Monday we fast and pray together. And so make that your priority. Exercise yourself unto godliness. Make it a priority to fast with us every Monday until everyone around you in the spirit realm is aware that this is a time consecrated unto the Lord as well. And so just encouraging those who are are facing COVID-19 during the time of prayer, we got some good feedback when we were praying for the Ministry of Health that the numbers have started abating. And so we might hear from the the president some some good news uh, regarding the change. And uh, in the numbers and, and, and the figures, which might imply that, that we'll be able to, to meet publicly again. We'll continue, obviously, to do the online ministry uh, nonetheless. And so, yeah, once again, just thanks to God for the time that we've had in fasting. You know, many times you don't uh, understand what has happened during the time of fast. You have consecrated yourself, but the miracles begin to follow through even as we have already received in our hearts. And it's important that you realize that fasting changes you. It really begins to change your perception and your experience in the things of the Spirit. And so I want to encourage us to continue in that habit. Amen. So today is our communion Sunday. Please make sure that you get your elements together so that as a family you can partake of the communion at the end of the message. And we are continuing and, and, and concluding our sermon series on God's plan for holiness, sanctification, and consecration. So I'm going to pray for us and we'll get into the word. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you are the one, Father, that by your Spirit desires for us to be consecrated and sanctified, body, soul, and spirit, Lord God, and that we may be presented blameless on the day that the Lord Jesus Christ appears. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace as you speak to us this morning. 
Lord, transform us from the inside out, Lord God, that your word will continue to bear fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So it's been a fantastic time during this uh, series on uh, consecration and sanctification and holiness. And it was so amazing that the fast also coincided with it because it was a very practical way for us to experience how the Holy Spirit really draws us out of the world into a place where we are special unto the Lord. The first week we did consecration, sanctification, and holiness by redemption that we were bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. We don't belong to ourselves. These are truths that you must meditate in them. The more you meditate in them, the more you imagine them, the more you, you utter the scriptures, the more you begin to, to declare them, you will see that fruit manifesting in your life. The second week, Pastor Hilmas uh, preached a, a powerful message on the anointing, the Holy Spirit and the fire of God and how God sets us apart by the anointing. The anointing that we have received is from God and it abides within us and teaches us. And last week, Pastor Philip preached a powerful message concerning obedience and the importance of how our positional holiness has an effect on our lives in the area of our mindset, in the area of our conduct, in the area also of the fear of the Lord, and in the area of spiritual family and our love for the church. Very important and crucial messages that if you meditate therein, if you give yourself completely to them, like we said in the first week, God's plan for you is good, but many times we are not sufficiently consecrated in order for that plan to work itself out in our lives. The Word of God encourages us, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling because it is God that works in you both to will and to perform or to will and to act, to have the desire desire and the actions according to his good pleasure. And so today we're doing the last installment, which is God's plan for holiness, sanctification and consecration by suffering, by suffering, by difficulties, by challenges. And it's important that we understand that the call to Christianity, uh, the call to Christ is a call to take up your cross, to deny yourself. It is a call that will cost you everything in order that you may gain Christ. And it is a small price to pay if you understand what Christ has done for us. And so it's so important that we understand that holiness is not an option. It is an essential. We cannot be married to the Lord and married to the world. That is a spiritual adultery. God does not work like that. You must choose whom you will serve. Choose. Are you going to be a Christian? Are you going to be a disciple of Jesus? A follower of Jesus? Or not? Don't be in between. Don't be lukewarm. The word of God says in the book of Revelations that God desires that we either be hot or cold. But lukewarm, he's going to spit you out. So if you're halfway, you're out anyway. If you're not for God, you're against him. So make your choice. Make your very clear, deliberate decision. We are living in perilous times. This is not the time to be playing church and playing with your life and playing Christianity. Make your decision to follow Christ with everything. Give up anything that you need to give up in order that you may gain Christ. This is the only way in. The kingdom of God 
declares that the, the, the path that goes to eternal life is narrow and few are on it. But the path to destruction is wide and many are those who find it. And it's very important that you understand that that narrow path is your decision. You must make that choice. God is not going to force you. But when you avail yourself and you say to the Lord, Lord, here am I. Take my life and use it for yourself. When you do that, when you surrender yourself into the hands of the Lord, in light of what he's done for you already, then you will begin to see the light of Christianity, the light of Christ beginning to burn in your life. There are many times people that you look at them and their attitudes are very ungodly, very carnal, very sinful. And this should not be this way. The children of God should be different. They should be set apart. They are consecrated. They are holy. They are sanctified by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so today we're talking about the, the fact that when, when, when you're going through your Christian walk, Everything that happens to you is able to still foster even more of a growth in your spiritual walk, especially suffering, especially challenges, especially difficulties. This doesn't mean that God has ordained us to a life of suffering and difficulty. No, but we are living godly lives in an, a godless world. We are in a place that opposes God. How much more will they oppose us. Second Timothy chapter 3 from verse 10 to 13. I'm reading here. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness. This is the Apostle Paul talking to Timothy. Verse 11. My persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch at Iconium and at Lystra. These are places where the Apostle Paul went on mission trips and where he taught for many, many years. Which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Very important principle here. And then verse 12. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And this is important for us to understand because there are many people that are living a Christian life, living a godly life, apparently, and they have never experienced opposition or, or, or persecution. It probably means that you're not letting your light shine bright enough yet. It probably means that you have not yet entered into the actual consecrated life, the actual life of sanctification. Because that life is the life of obedience unto the Lord to the point where everyone might be offended and it doesn't matter to you because your desire is to please God. And this is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, indeed, all, not some, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Will be persecuted. That means if you're not being persecuted, you might not be living a godly life. You know, sometimes we have got many friends around us, very worldly friends. And the word of God is always encouraging us 
not to be like them, not to entertain their, their filthy jokes and their coarse language, not to, and all of that will become a disruption in the friendship. In fact, the Word of God says, friendship with the world is enmity with God. And so you have to choose. But when you choose, God will give you grace with certain people that he's leading to the Lord. Yes, but there are certain instances where you will be the odd one out because you have chosen to follow Christ. And that is very good. And when they begin to slander you, and when they begin to say all manner of things against you, when they begin to persecute you for the sake of the word, for the sake of your preaching, for the sake of your testimony, for the sake of your witness, for the sake of the miracles happening in your life, for the sake of the blessings of God in your life, then you know that you are just like the prophets of old, said Jesus. Because in the same way did they persecute them for their righteousness. Let, let people not persecute you because you are lazy and, and, and uh, you, you're, you're terrible at the things that you need to do and you are incompetent and uh, you, are, you are rude and you are, you are ungodly. No. Don't get arrested for, for, for breaking good laws. Get arrested for being a godly person. Rather be rejected and rather suffer for that which is righteous because in the spirit realm there is a reward for that. I'm reading from Acts chapter 9, verse 15 and 16. It says, But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine. This is Ananias being sent to, the, uh, to Paul, who just had an encounter with Jesus. He was Saul at the time, and he is blind. And so God speaks to Ananias, a disciple, in Damascus, and tells him, Go and, and, and lay hands on the apostle Paul. And this is what he says to him, go for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles or the non-Israelites and kings and the children of Israel. Verse 16, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. I don't know if anyone told you when you gave your life to Christ that there is a cost to becoming a Christian. There is a cost to following Jesus in truth. I'm not talking about this nominal Christianity in Namibia where everyone's a Christian. No, I'm talking about the fact that when you have chosen to follow Christ, that you are going to pick up a cross with it. And it's going to go against not only the desires of those around you, but against your own personal desires. And many times to the point of your own suffering for the sake of the name of Jesus Christ. In Namibia at the moment, we do consider ourselves to be a Christian nation as much as we have a secular uh, constitution. But there will come a time when it will be unpopular to be a real Christian. I'm not talking about a, a Christian that uh, supports abortion and supports homosexual marriage and uh, supports all sorts of ungodliness and then adds Jesus as a label. No, I'm talking about a Christian that follows the word of God. It's going to be un unpopular to be that kind of Christian, a real Christian, a true Christian. And that is the consecration 
that will distinguish between those who belong to God and those who do not belong to God because those who belong to God will have the afflictions and the sufferings and the persecutions of the life of godliness and the others will not. The word of God says be careful when men say all manner of wonderful things about you because that's the same way that they spoke about the false prophets. But when they persecute you because of Christ, because you're, you're, you're still a virgin, because you're not sleeping with your girlfriend, because you're not uh, uh, swiping money from your employer, be, because you're hardworking. If they hate you because of that, because you tithe and you give to the church and you take care of your family, because of those things, and they call you you're a traditionalist or you're conservative or whatever, if they persecute you because of those things, then you know that you are being consecrated unto the Lord. You're being set apart and sanctified by the sufferings that you are enduring. So now we're going to go here through our key passage, which is Hebrews chapter 12. And I'll just expand as we go through the 14 verses and see what the Lord is going to teach us here. But it's very important that you understand that throughout the Word of God, it's always been a battle about those who are willing to stand with God against everyone else or those who are willing to stand with the crowd against God. And you must choose it. This is not something that happens by accident. In fact, Jesus said that in the last days, what will happen is, what will happen is the enemies of a man will be the people, the, the, the family members in his own household. Daughter will give up mother unto the authorities. Saying, no, she's a Christian. I saw her. She was reading her Bible. Uh, son giving up the father. Father giving up the, the mother. Uh, the mother giving up the son to the, to the authorities. The, 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 the enemies of a person will be the, the, the people who live in their household. This is, Jesus said, I didn't come to bring all sorts of unification and things like that. I came to bring a sword. I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. So that, so that mother will be against daughter, father will be against son. Because that is how the kingdom of heaven invades. And then you must choose. Either you are in the kingdom of light or you are in the kingdom of darkness. Those two do not mix. This is a consecration. This is a setting apart. It is a, distinct, a distinction. It is a, a, a sanctification. You become holy. You become special. You endure what Christ has endured. You, you go through the sufferings. You are carrying the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. All right, so now we're reading Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded... By such a great cloud of witnesses, and these witnesses are the ones that precede this chapter. In chapter 11, he speaks of Abraham and Jephthah and Sarah. How many men and women of faith have endured and gained the promises of God. And so these are the great cloud of witnesses and others that have gone before us. He says, let us, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, look here, let us do what? Let us throw off. Everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. So that's the first thing. Realizing that you are surrounded by a crowd of witnesses that are all believers and have faith in God. Let us throw off. Let us get rid of everything that hinders or makes us stumble or gets in our way of living for God. And especially sins that so easily entangle. Get rid of it. Let us do that. 
It's not something that you should wait for God to do. God expects you to do it because he's given you the ability through the Holy Spirit. Then it says, And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Very important. You must understand that our race in Christ is not a hundred meter race. It's not a quick ten seconds. It's not a, a, a quick minute. Right? It is a marathon that goes year one, year two, year three, five years, ten years, fifteen years, twenty-five years, thirty-five years. You will see me in 30 years still serving God, still on fire for God, still preaching the gospel, still living a consecrated life, going from one level of glory to another. This thing of back and forth and a little bit of Christianity this year when it's New Year's resolution and then not and all of that and stuff, that is a mess. You don't want to live like that. The Word of God says that we need to have perseverance. So throw, throw out everything that hinders. If it's the kind of friendships that you have, get rid of them. If it's the kind of habits that you have, get rid of them. Begin to make the decisions today. Don't wait. There's not a bell that's going to ring and God is going to say, okay, start now. You should have started already a long time ago. Right? So let's set these things aside and let's run the race with perseverance. And then it says, fixing our eyes, verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author or the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy, look here how Jesus did this. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He considered what is the reward that will come through the persecution, through the, the shame, through the suffering, through the difficulty. What is it that I will gain out of this? This is an important consideration. Most people don't understand what they will gain from living a godly life. And it is important that you understand that there is a reward from God. There is a blessedness to living a godly life. There is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful reward to living a godly life and when you have that in mind it definitely has joy at the end of this pain and suffering then you continue it says that jesus for the joy set before him he endured the, the the cross he scorned the shame scorning its shame because there was shame nakedness and and embarrassment humiliation out of this cross and then it says that he sat down. After he's done that, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then it says, verse 3, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So this is the key. If you're going through suffering because of your faith, if you are being challenged because of your faith, whether from human beings or demonically attacked because of your faith, you must understand, you must have this in your heart, that Jesus endured opposition from Satan and from human beings. And he stood his ground, and he's now seated at the right hand of God. He's, got, he's, he's rewarded for it, and it is so important that you do not grow weary or lose heart. If you are growing weary or losing heart or being discouraged, it means you are keeping your eyes on something other than Jesus and his sacrifice. Very critical, very crucial, very important. Because some of you have had this experience where everything was fine before I became a Christian. Everything was fine. Everything was okay. Then all of a sudden, I gave my heart to the Lord. 
I lost my friends. I lost my business. I lost the opposition that came against me. Was so fierce that I became discouraged as to whether this was even God's will. And you must understand that that is an accolade. That is a, a trophy that you carry. That so much opposition comes against you because indeed you have decided to go against the grain of the world, against the enemy. If you don't receive opposition as a result of your faith in God, then it means that you are probably going in the same direction as your enemies, as the enemy himself. And so then it says this, verse 4, In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. How many of you in your struggle against sin, if you are even struggling against sin? Because many people, sin is just normal, Christian sin, pastor sin, uh, uh, whoever, uh, the sin is just part of life. No. The word of God says that the one who has the seed of God inside of him does not continue sinning. Sin is not supposed to be a part of your life anymore. You are to be consecrated and holy. God is gradually sanctifying you and removing all this sinful lifestyle from you. And it says here that in, our, in your struggle for sin, have you even shed blood? Have you even gotten to the point of bleeding in your resisting? No. Most people have not even experienced the struggle. And it is so important that you realize that it is a worthy cause to stand against a life of sin, to stand against a life of compromise, even to the point of shedding blood. Verse 5, And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? And this is what it says. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens or whips everyone he accepts as a son. And so God is definitely going to correct you. If you are born again, if you are a real believer, you are going to experience certain challenges that will be corrective in nature to bring you more and more into the place of consecration and holiness. You know, it's amazing that sometimes people don't grow spiritually until things go wrong, which is terrible. I mean, it shouldn't be that way. It should be such that while things are going well, you're in the Word of God, you're growing spiritually because the Word of God is God-breathed, and it is profitable, it is sufficient, so that you can be perfect as a righteous man, lacking nothing. That's what Timothy says. And so the word of God is enough. But if you don't learn from the word of God, school of hard knocks is definitely going to teach you the lesson. You are going to have to learn it. It's like the Africans say, It's like if you don't want to hear, then you will feel. And it's very true. But on top of that, even though you're living a righteous life and a godly life, you are living it in a world where there's demons and evil people that are coming against you. And God is in the business of definitely crafting his character in you more than your pleasure and just your enjoyment. He wants to make sure that you are reflecting on the outside what Christ has done on the inside. And then he says in verse 7, endure hardship, endure challenges, endure suffering as discipline. Hmm. Endure it as discipline. Endure it as you would discipline. Take it 
as one of those things that is teaching you to grow in the Lord. Even though God might not have sent it, even though it's coming as persecution from the outside, allow it to form in you the character. Allow it to consecrate yourself. This is the question. When bad things happen, do you run to God or do you run away from God? If you run away from God, maybe you are not saved. If you run to God, definitely it means that you have the seed of God inside of you and every opposition causes you to grow and grow in the Lord. And this is why I say this, because the word of God says that those who left us, those who departed from us, they just made it manifest that they were never a part of us. And so those who don't really have a root in Christ, when things don't go good, when there isn't any more bread and fish for people to eat on the meadows of Israel, that's when they decide, okay, let's go to the next thing. But when you realize that you've made your decision that Jesus all the way, I'm not turning back, then when opposition comes, you grow even closer with God. You mature even more. The devil has to almost wager and say, mm, let's just leave him because the more we, we prod this guy, the more he grows in the fire of God, in the spirit of the Lord. It says God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? Verse 8. If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters of God at all. So it's important for you to understand the correction of the Lord is an important part of your life. If you're living in sin and you don't even feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit and you don't even feel the correction of God. In fact, when leaders speak to you, when your pastor corrects you, you have an attitude about yourself. Check whether you are saved. Check whether you even have the nature of Christ inside of you. Because the children of God, they are always open to being corrected. There's a humility and a teachability in their hearts. Verse 9, moreover, we have had human fathers. We have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. Very important principle here for the fathers and the parents. If you want your children to respect you, discipline them. It doesn't just mean beat them. It means train them. There's beating definitely, but train them. Train them and teach them. And so the respect comes. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? Verse 10, they disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, our fathers. But God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. Hallelujah. So God's discipline causes us to share, to be partakers of his holiness. God's correction, God's uh, uh, chastening in our lives causes us to, to, to be holy and set apart and to realize whose we are, who we belong to. We are not illegitimate children on the streets of the world. We have a father that can correct us, that can guide us, that can lead us, to whom we say, yes, Lord, and who can say no to us and we obey. If, we, if you don't have that sense with God and God is just your body and it's all fair game, whatever you do, he just forgives you and all of that, you might not be saved. When you are saved, you are born again, born of God. The spirit of God is in you and your heart cries out, Abba, Father. There is a, a childlike faith, a, a, a crying out to the Father to say, Lord, you are my daddy. That thing is in your heart. 
And the Holy Spirit testifies with your spirit that you are a child of God. But it shows in the way you submit to his discipline. It shows in the way that you submit to his fathering. And then it says this, verse 11, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. But later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Very important. Discipline is there to train, not just to, to intimidate. It's to train. And it produces a harvest of righteousness. And sometimes you are in a place where you think like, no, my Christian life doesn't have the discipline of the Lord. Maybe it's because you haven't yet submitted yourself to the fathering and the discipline of God, which makes you illegitimate. Watch yourself. And it's very important. During the series, we've been talking about how God has a plan for your holiness, your sanctification, and your consecration. And one of the ways that he does this is through suffering, through the pain of discipline and correction. Either through the word of God, or through the conviction of the Holy Spirit, or even circumstances that are happening in your life. You could count it as God's correction over your life. Hmm. Hallelujah. Verse 12. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. And so as you submit yourself to the discipline of the Lord, you'll see that strength coming to your arms and your knees. You'll be able to stand the lameness in your walk with God beginning to be removed. The disability in your walk with God beginning to be removed. And the healing of God flowing in all areas of your life. Verse 14, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Make every effort, every effort, make every effort, make every effort, make every effort to do what? To live at peace with everyone, to live at peace with everyone and, and to be holy. And to be holy, not worldly, to be holy. And look at this verse, uh, how it concludes. It says, for without holiness, no one will see the Lord. No one will see the Lord without holiness. So you have your Christianity where there's no holiness. Okay, watch it. You are on your way to damnation. It is important that you get this warning very clear. If you say, no, I'm already right with God. I'm positionally holy and we don't see any fruit. You'll get to that day and you'll be one of those people that the Lord will look at you and say, I did not know you. You worker of iniquity. Get away from me. And it's important that we warn you at this time. There are some of you who are listening today. You are entertaining sin in your life still. You are still allowing sinful habits. And you are blaming it on everyone from the west to the east. Everyone from your generation or wherever. All of that is an excuse. Repent today and begin to live a holy life. Lest you be robbed of your crown. In Jesus name. Thank you Lord. And so it's important that we understand as we come to the conclusion of the series. And God, Jesus has done everything on the cross for your sanctification. The Holy, the Holy, the Holy Spirit has been sent to live in you. To make you holy. So that you live 
holy. You are cleansed as a temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in you. You have not received an unholy spirit. You receive the Holy Spirit. And now your mind needs to be made holy and renewed. You need to begin to align yourself with the discipline and training and the correction of the Holy Spirit through the, the word of God, through the teaching of your leaders, through the discipleship of your connect leader, through the submission that you give to the word of God and to God as a father. And when you begin to do that, you begin to see the glory of holiness, hallelujah, and sanctification and consecration bursting forth. The enemy will not be able to hinder God's plan in your life because he is holding you in his hand and can do with you as he wills, just like the, the, the clay in the hands of the potter. Hallelujah. And so I want to give us just a few practical things that we need to begin to exercise in our lives. Consider your own life and ask yourself, how is my life of prayer and fasting? If your life of prayer and fasting is poor, you are not yet living a consecrated life. Begin to commit to attend the prayer meetings. Uh, this past Monday, we had prayer on Zoom. We only had about 40 people. Our church has 300 people, 400, 500 people. Where are the rest of them? Live a consecrated life. If you can't afford to, uh, the, the airtime to be on Zoom and all of that, pray about that or talk to us. But it's something that you need to prioritize. Your prayer and your fasting life. Not even in, only in public platforms, but even in secret. Next one, how is your giving life? Not only in the giving to the poor or to your parents, are you giving and offering things unto the Lord? Are you partnering with the church in the building and the purposes of God? Are you tithing? Are you giving? Are you giving sacrificially? When God moves on your heart to give to someone, do you respond? Those are all pains and sufferings <laughs> that you are experiencing. The inconvenience of waking up early to pray. Those are pains and sufferings. The, 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 the inconvenience of fasting and not eating, afflicting your body. Those are pains and sufferings, disciplines that begin to foster consecration in your life. How are you serving? Are you serving anywhere in the church? Are you serving anywhere in the house of the Lord? Are you in any ministry giving your time and your talents? If not, maybe you are not yet consecrating yourself. And this is going to cost you because it will mean you are no longer uh, having time for your soccer on your TV. You are now coming to serve God Almighty and his people. The next one is, how is your submission and humility? When you get corrected, when you are being uh, spoken to by the elders of the church, when, when the deacons are, are, are giving instruction, when ministry leaders are speaking to you, when connect leaders are calling uh, for, for meetings and all of that, do you shrug off your, 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 your shoulders and say, no, I'm too busy, right? What kind of life is that? You know, the angels despise your, your lifestyle. Heaven despises that lifestyle. Of, this is someone that was bought with the blood of Christ. And this is their attitude towards the family of God. Towards the things of God. Towards the, the, the house of God. Towards the, the gospel. Towards the ministry and his ministers. Right? Very important. Watch your submission in authority in the church. Watch. Because it's going to tell you if you're walking in an illegitimate spirit. And then how's your study and meditation in the Word of God? You read many other books, but the Bible, you don't even know it. Have you read the Word of God? Uh, do you read it every day? 
If you don't read it, it doesn't matter how painful. Oh, no, I don't understand everything. And all of it. Buy yourself a simpler Bible. Go online. It's right there. Make the effort. But don't come with excuses. Jesus didn't make excuses for you. Don't make excuses for yourself. But begin to realize that you don't belong to yourself. And begin to commit yourself to study and meditation in the Word of God. How's your life of declaration? Do you, do you just speak nonsense and speak everything? Or do you constrain your mouth to speak according to the Word of God? And if you're not studying the Word of God, you might not even know what to say. These are all very important principles that I want to just give us as a very practical way, right? To begin to align your life. Christianity is not just a belief in your head. It is to be lived out. That is where the glory is. But the living out starts when you begin to surrender your heart. Consecrate your hearts first before you do all these external things. And your heart is not in it. And if your heart is not in it, repent of that. And say, Lord, I don't know what kind of mockery I'm busy with. Because God is not mocked. Right? Whatever a man sows, he will reap. If he sows to the flesh, he will reap destruction. If he sows to the spirit, he will reap life. And it's important that you understand that these are not negotiables. Believers in Christ who are consecrated are people of prayer. They are people of fasting. They are people who are generous. They are people who are serving. They are people who are submissive. They are people who study and meditate in the word of God. They are people who declare the word of God and preach the word of God. They testify of the word of God. And that's another one that goes with the declaration habit. Are you a preacher of the gospel? When last did you share your faith with someone? If you are ashamed of Jesus in public, then he will be ashamed of you before his father and his angels. Make your decision today. I pray that the Spirit of God will convict you in your heart that you will not waste another day as if you are not consecrated, as, you do, as if you don't belong to God, as, you were, as if you were not bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, as if you are not anointed with the Holy Spirit and fire, as if you are not in obedience to the Lord, as if you are not positionally holiness and already consecrating yourself, as if you have not already adopted the life of sacrifice and suffering for the sake of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So right now we are going to partake of the communion. On the night that the Lord Jesus was betrayed, on the night of his sufferings, <laughs> on the night when he took up his cross, when he was before the trial that was of an innocent man, falsely accused, on that night, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's remember what Christ has done. He consecrated himself unto the Father. Holy unto the Father. He didn't just live like anyone. He lived a special life for the sake of, of the Father. In the same way, let's remember how Jesus did it. The joy set before him. He endured the cross. He did this for us. He, he said, this is my body broken for you. And do this in remembrance of me. As we partake of this, let's also partake of the grace that comes for us to live holy, consecrated, and sanctified lives. If you are not in a place where you are living a holy and consecrated, repent now as we are partaking of the communion. And he took the bread and broke it. So let's take it now 
This is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you surrendered your whole body to ransom us, to heal us, to save us. And today, we consecrate and we dedicate our whole bodies unto your glory and honor in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that anyone that is in bondage, any addiction, any kind of sin habit that they cannot get out of, any sickness, all disease, be broken off now in Jesus' name. Be delivered from that affliction now in Jesus' name. Now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And then it says he took the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, the covenant of grace where God has done everything and we are heirs of God. We receive it freely. And he said, this is shared for the forgiveness of sins. And I pray today that we'll remember that we are forgiven and cleansed. This blood washes us clean, body, soul, and spirit. And that we'll live in that reality in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. There's, there's a woman called Karen. I, I believe that um, you're watching us. And I really believe that the Holy Spirit is highlighting you. It's like you've got some condition in your blood. And the Lord is healing you this morning. The Holy Spirit is highlighting you and saying, My daughter, I love you. You have turned. It's like you've already gone through repentance. But because of things you've done in the past, there's a condition in your blood. And God is saying, I'm healing you of that condition right now. In Jesus' name, there's a child that's watching. It's like you've injured your hand over here. And God is, is healing you. There's someone else. Uh, you've also got a rash that's starting to form on your arm. God is healing you of that. There's someone you've got a condition here in your hip, an injury in your hip. On the right-hand side, God is healing. You will feel heat right there in that part. There's someone you get these piercing pains in the bottom of your foot. And God is healing you of that this morning right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your people are your people. And we thank you that this morning your word has pierced our hearts and that we will see great fruit to your glory as a result in Jesus' name. Amen. So we will see you tomorrow in the prayer meeting. And uh, please do not hesitate to join us. Please make it your priority and have a wonderful, wonderful, blessed time. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.